Hello and welcome to Love, Sass, and Grass. I am your host, Laura Hamilton. This podcast is meant for adults only. It is a support community for those going through menopause and libido issues, as well as cannabis information and education. Any of the topics or products covered in this podcast should not be considered medical advice. Before stopping or starting any medication, please contact your medical professional first. As we love talking about cannabis, please respect the laws of your local jurisdiction regarding its use, consumption, and sale. Today, I'm very excited to do the interview with Kim Lam of Apollo Cannabis. Kim is the lead patient care specialist and international medical graduate, kids, international. She grew up in Mississauga, completed her clinical rotations in Chicago, Toronto, and Montreal. She focuses on pain management and... Physiatry. Physiatry. That's a new word for me. (laughs) Physiatry. Led her to better understand medical cannabis and the endocannabinoid system. Kim has helped hundreds of patients with all types of conditions to utilize medical cannabis for symptom management. She has also been involved with research at Apollo Clinics, and her current focus is assisting our veterans of the Canadian Armed Forces with their medical cannabis treatment. Oh my God, welcome. Welcome to Love, Sass, and Grass. Thank you for having me. Super cool. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Now, why don't you walk us through Hmm? what it is like to be a medical cannabis patient. Somebody picks up the phone and goes, can cannabis help me? Mm. Walk us through that process. So essentially, let's just say you've made your appointment. We're going to fly past that. And Mm -hmm. you have your appointment with one of our healthcare practitioners. So it's either going to be a doctor, depending on the province you're in, or a nurse practitioner. Either way, they're very experienced in prescribing medical cannabis. They've been doing it for a little while. And so when you get the call, essentially you're jumping right into a conversation as to, is cannabis for you? And if it is, how it could help you, what are their recommendations? And off you go. So, I mean, I'm generalizing it a little bit. The, the good thing is, is that because we do take our clinic anyway, we take your medical history ahead of time. We allow you to kind of put out, you know, what it is you're going through, what are your main symptoms. And so when a doctor or the nurse practitioner like goes into the phone call, they've already taken a look at your file. So you sort of bypass all of that talk. And essentially, you're just focusing on how is cannabis going to help that that's the main focus of the call. In one of our initial emails, we always include like an educational video. So if you're super new to cannabis, it gives you at least like a baseline as to how cannabis is supposed to work how medical is supposed to work, not just like cannabis in general. So what to expect. So at least you're not going in completely blind per se. And then, you know, it's open for questions. After you speak with the healthcare practitioner, you know, we do recognize that a doctor's visit can be quite short. Like it, this, that's just how it is, right? That's just how our province, like 
every single province works. So within 24 hours of your call, sometimes almost right away, you get a call from one of our educators. And the idea of the educator is not necessarily to educate you if you don't need it, but just to then process the prescription. A lot of people get nervous talking to a healthcare professional. So honestly, they leave their questions at the end and they forget. So this is a great time to then ask your questions, no matter how embarrassing, and have a like a conversation for however long you need. And then we get things set up and help you with your your order if necessary and go from there. And then after that, you're more than welcome to call us anytime with more questions. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that you brought up embarrassing questions mm-hmm. because yeah. my focus for this podcast mm-hmm. is menopause and libido. Yes. And you want to talk about hitting the embarrassment button. That's two embarrassment buttons right there. Yeah. yeah. And... I would like to know, what are some good questions that you can bring up with a doctor that is not going to make you feel shame Mm -hmm. about talking about, for example, painful intercourse Mm -hmm. and the loss of libido due to menopause? Right. How can we bring up this subject to a doctor without dying of embarrassment (laughs) and blindly forgetting until you leave the office? Okay, so one big thing I want to make very clear, any doctor or nurse practitioner throughout their training has had images and information about our genitalia, our reproductive system, our sexual health. It's been in our faces for years, a lot of it, both from normal to not normal or, you know, it's we've seen it all like that is not a joke. They have seen it all. So nothing phases them. Nothing is considered like an embarrassment to them. They don't have that. We don't have that gut reaction to be like, oh, gosh, like here it comes. It just doesn't exist. Like to us, it's like the human body. And I promise you that most healthcare practitioners absolutely do not care. Like they it's nothing to them. It is as simple as talking about your knee pain. So I think it's really important for anybody going into that conversation to recognize that because it'll make it easier for you to bring up. My next point with that is just to say it. Like literally, you just have to say it because the minute the words come out of your mouth, you've now like gone over this hump of anxiety that you've been. And for them, it's easier because I'm going to tell you right now, healthcare practitioners, we all know they're quick. They're to the point. They just want to get there. Right. And they want to help you. So you just need to be upfront about it. Don't be ashamed because you're the only one feeling that embarrassment for them. It's every day. That being said, you know, I'll be honest with you, like patients, bless their hearts, have been very forthcoming and upfront about these conditions. So already for us, we're already hearing it. We know. So if you're coming in new, we've already talked about it. It's <laughs> And it's completely normal. And who else are you going to talk about it with, right? Like this is the moment. We've heard about it. We've seen it. We're, it's not new to us. So the the best way to bring it up is just to be upfront when the doctor asks like, what are you here for? What are the symptoms that are concerning to you? You just say like, yep, you know, it's intercourse is painful or for males even like I have a hard time having an erection for women. I have a hard time lubricating or for those who are going through menopause, they just don't have that desire. You can say that, you know, like just say it. You just have to say it, and I promise you after you've said the words, like it's so much better afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's the best I, yeah. advice I really have. Honestly, I don't have any. Fancy I, and I think that that is perfect advice because, <laughs> yeah. you know, for me to say yeah. it's okay to talk to your doctor and say I'm having yeah. problems with my libido. Yes. But 
actually hearing it from a doctor saying, please talk to me about your libido because this is, I want you to be healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a very important part of our lives. Like everyone's, everyone experiences it. It's honestly like human nature, right? So Mm -hmm. it is not uh, abnormal. It is not unusual in any way. So you just have to say it, even if it sounds weird the first time you say it, it's, it's for you. It's for the patient to just get over that, that anxiety. I'm so pleased that you said that. Oh my God, really? Because it, this could really change a lot of lives yeah. saying, I don't want to feel shame talking to my doctor about menopause and, no or libido yeah. or pain. Yeah. And, and I think that that's important. Now, what are some of the products mm-hmm. and some of the forms of cannabis that a medical pa- cannabis patient can mm-hmm. bring into their lives? So let's talk general like very general essentially you can either take cannabis orally or you can vape it or there's topicals as well so either it's like coming in through your skin it's you're eating it or you're 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 vaping it or smoking it obviously as a medical clinic we vape, we don't recommend smoking cannabis we always go with vaping if you must we are supportive of that so and they all do very different things and it's all about your lifestyle and so in very rare situations, would a doctor or healthcare practitioner ever force you to use one way over the other? You know, at the end of the day, it, it is your choice, truly. And so with vaping, you know, it's quick, it's easy. The cons of it is that it doesn't, the effects don't last as long. And of course, there is the concern of damage to your lungs, not necessarily from the cannabis itself, actually. That's really not the problem, but rather just the the smoke itself. So if you choose that route, we always recommend having a proper vaporizer. Plus, it's just like you just get all of the the good flavors of cannabis through that method anyway. Mm-hmm. It's so, true. It's yeah, true. The difference between like smoking it, a joint and smoking it through a vaporizer is very yeah, different. It's in huge. Terms in of good like, and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a big difference there. Always worth a try. When you use it orally, it takes time for it to kick in, take effect. Some methods are faster than others. But the effects last a long time and it does build up in your system. And obviously, I'm sure you know, like for a lot of new users, that definitely seems like the more the easiest way to go. You can dose it. It's discreet, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, you know, recent, not recently, but in recent years, topical has been a big, big top topic, so to speak. (laughs) And so with topicals, I have a mixed opinion about it. I'm always down like. Definitely try. Like, I'm not against trying anything when it comes to cannabis. It's just that the results as to how much gets actually absorbed through your skin, how much is, you know, you have receptors for cannabis in your skin too. So it's like it's getting its benefits, but how much is actually getting through into your your body. So that's up for debate. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, like a lot of patients are getting great results from it. So, hey, like, I'll take it. You know, yeah, yeah. The cannabis loop that I tried for the first time mm-hmm. was such a game changer to me, <laughs> and I think that kind of inspired me to start doing this podcast because I had tried yeah. something, yes, uh, that had really affected me in a very positive way. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. And yes. I. And I wanted to stand on my balcony with a with a, a bullhorn and Just tell everybody the whole world <laughs> go to this store and buy this lube right now. <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, it's funny you should say that because I, you know, I said like generally these are generally these are the forms we recommend. However, it is said that you could theoretically, it's been shown that if you use it topically like around the vaginal area, it can absorb that way because it's all like mucous membrane, which means it absorbs well. So it is a recommended method of use for like libido or even pain or for lubrication. So you're totally on the right track. Definitely. Oh, that makes me so happy because yeah. I there was a part of me was like, is this really happening or is this a placebo effect and I'm making it happen? So either yeah. wouldn't be a bad thing. Either way. Yeah. I'm really isn't. It. <laughs> Honestly, like I just I'm not against that at all. Yeah. Cause like the lube itself, like I mean, depending on where you're getting it from, it's not necessarily harmful cannabis in that way, right? So whether or not it's a placebo effect or not point is it works for you yeah oh definitely are you kidding me oh my goodness i had some people on speed dials like you better get over here because guess what i just cracked it open (laughs) it's time the time is now the time is now (laughs) yeah so um it really helped a friend of mine who was going through cancer Mm -hmm. not only going through cancer but going through chemo pause oh yeah so immediately hit a brick wall chemo pause no libido pain, dryness, upset. And I told her about cannabis lube and her description was, I went to a hotel with my husband and we dirtied all of the towels. (laughs) And I was like, all right, one marriage saved. (laughs) Amazing. So for medical cannabis, as of right now, like in the on the medical side of things, like the producers that do just prescriptions, Mm -hmm. there isn't like a loop like there isn't like, you know, specific products for to like like a lubrication essentially they don't have that they used to be an oil so there was a company that had from california that had brought over specifically like an oil for application to your vaginal area mm-hmm. but realistically and not to da- minimize what they were doing but it is just cannabis oil like it's not any different from what you would in- ingest orally mm-hmm. so a cannabis lube like you're talking about is very helpful, obviously, better application. But for those who may not have access or want to go through their prescription, realistically, it's all about just applying it just where it needs to go. And if that means using cannabis oil, maybe mixing it into a safe cream that you can use down there, you mm-hmm. can do that. And it is effective because at the end of the day, it's just usually cannabis oils, especially from a medical producer, are or MCT or olive or avocado oil. So it's fairly safe. Mm-hmm. But it's really good that you found like something specific to that. Oh, that's oh, really helpful. Did I ever? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that you talked about olive oil because mm-hmm. I started infusing just at home olive yeah. oil to, you know, for my own kind of general pain relief because I know olive yes. oil and human skin are good friends. Yeah. So I, I was doing that. And then also, you know, I can either put it on my arthritic wrist or I can put it in my salad dressing. That's a really good idea for sure. The other question I have is I know that people want to know if you use a cannabis lube or some sort of enhancer oil on your vaginal area and you have penetrational sex with somebody who has a penis, Mm -hmm. does the person with the penis get a positive drug test? Oh, that's a really good question. So. I can't promise that, but they shouldn't. That physiologically wouldn't make any sense. 
when you apply anything topically, it doesn't have the chance to even get into your bloodstream once it's absorbed through the mucous membrane. Because again, you have quite a few receptors on the way, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. From our experience, anybody who's used topical, from our clinic experience, so again, th- there has been no, oh, I'm sure there has been, but none that's come out that's, you know, revolutionary. Any real like research that has shown definitively that it won't show up. In order for it to show up on, let's say, a urine test, you have to use the cannabis itself. It has to go into your bloodstream, get metabolized by your kidneys and it is in your urine and those metabolites actually stay there for a while, right? So it's not it's not a good test to see if did that patient use cannabis last night and only last night. There's no, you know, you can't test for that using what people are using, which is urine. So if you're using cannabis lube, your partner with a penis should not test positive for um, cannabis. I would like to think like, okay, well, maybe the concern is that it's like literally around the urethra. Like what if it's like, I would assume you would clean yourself (laughs) before you do one of those tests. So ideally, it really shouldn't show up. We have patients using like CBD oil orally that contains negligible, but like maybe one milligram, two milligrams of THC, and it doesn't show up positive on a urine test from our experience. So. I would That's be hard great. pressed to like I would I it'd be unbelievable to me if it showed up positive. Okay, yeah, cause yeah. I I do have I do have people who are who have come up to me and said, you know, I want to try the lube like you tried the lube. Yeah, and but my husband's afraid because he you know works in some sort of regularly tested career and is yeah. terrified of me using this and him doing it. so. That would be a relief. It is a them. great question. Like I'm just thinking in my head of how it could it it just would not seem at all possible because like I had said in the beginning, there's a reason I'm 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 on the fence about topicals even right because for for systemic symptoms like chronic fibromyalgia for example like I don't I'm not going to tell you use a topical because it's not it's just not going to sink in enough. So that being said, what you could recommend is that you don't you don't have to use again not to minimize your your cbd lube i mean that's incredible but you don't have to use it in that way that is not the only way right so small tiny amounts of thc for a woman consumed orally can help with your sexual desire your sex drive your libido without you having actually to like physically apply it to your vaginal area you can is just this take like it something like a microdosing or yeah is, yeah so again, st- surprisingly enough, studies were evolving around women's health, right? Or those identifying as women, like don't, they don't, they're not out there. There's not a lot. So again, limited information. But what information do I do have? Too much THC and THC specifically will, can potentially actually suppress libido, right? So I mean, there's that age old like you know, room, not rumor, but idea that like may, men who like smoke too much cannabis may not be able to have an erection. And it's not like not true. It Too much of it can suppress that response, but small amounts can actually increase it. So we call it like a biphasic response. So there's just this like window where if you go over it, like you're doing too much and you're doing the opposite. So two to five milligrams of THC or consumed orally should actually help to increase 
libido quite a bit. So you don't have to actually apply it for those who are scared. And so it would only be her that tests positive. Yay! <laughs> only one of us will be guilty, <laughs> only honey. Only one. Yeah. Absolutely okay. And I and I say that from experience for sure. Like I I cannot surprisingly enough, I can't use THC to save my life. Like I respond very poorly to it. Very really? poorly. Huge supporter. Yeah. Can't do it. But really? um, yeah. But I can use like a mixed Mm-hmm. primarily high CBD oil with a touch of THC, that amount I was talking about, two to five milligrams. And I find that does, that's more than enough. So it's an alter, it's a, it's a, an, it's an option. Oh, that is so, it's so great to hear. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about like concerns, I know that I have also had people who are concerned because they have maybe mental illness in their family. And they're like, if I take cannabis, am I going to become like schizophrenic? These questions. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good question. Okay. Cannabis alone, let's say your average person, cannabis had no history of anything, potentially even a history. You don't take cannabis and suddenly it happens. Like that's just not the, the path of which it takes. So, you know, as a clinic, we do actually ask about family history of uh, of um, substance abuse and and, uh, psychiatric history. We do ask. So it's all about how much risk is there. And that's really the question. It's not that like it's going to happen to you, but what? how much risk is there in if I use cannabis is going to trigger this? So some factors include being those born or assigned male at birth. That's That is one big risk factor. Being young, using high THC from a young age, and having, of course, a history of some sort of psychiatric or mental health conditions, such as even depression, right? So those are some factors to consider that puts you at a little bit of a higher risk that if you keep using too much cannabis, you may trigger psychosis or at the very least, like increase your anxiety or make your mental health condition worse. But, you know, our clinic sees patients with schizophrenia, like them themselves already diagnosed with it. Some we do avoid. We say like, listen, we cannot allow access to THC through the prescription. Like we're telling you, like you need to use more CBD. That's what's going to help. And some are using THC and it helps them. So we have, we've seen thousands of patients over the years and not from what I understand, we haven't had anyone call and say like, I suddenly have schizophrenia because we kind of assess for those things ahead of time. We assess for those risk factors. So that's a relief to know. Yeah. So I want to say that cannabis does not cause schizophrenia, right? It's just, it's a complicated medical condition that and bipolar, any kind of psychosis based mental health condition, it's all about risk factors. So that's just something to keep in mind. Okay, very good. That makes me so happy because yeah. that is one of the the questions and concerns that I've had people approach to me saying, "Oh, you know, ask about ask about whether or not I'm going to become like mentally ill from trying." No. I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't think it works like that. No, no. I wanted to and make sure to ask that question. I, I will say, I will be. I had we had one incident where someone did suddenly develop psychosis. It, it happened once from the many years and they were completely fine once they stopped. Uh-huh. Like they just stopped. Now we then find out that uh, there were history of things that we weren't made aware. They were, they're actually completely functioning. They themselves didn't have this history, but they did have a history with like anxiety, some family history of psychosis that was unclear but they were fine once they stopped it and things were okay. And honestly, we don't even know if it was the cannabis. So it's like, we, you don't know, but we said like, let's just not do this. And 
and it happened once. So that's like out of thousands of patients. So that, that's nothing. That's not. There's that always going to be, gonna be one. List. Yeah, <laughs> it's always going to be one person. <laughs> Let's just say it's not at the top of the list of things you really need to be worried about. Okay, so what is yeah. at the top of the list to be worried about? So probably the number one complaint from medical patients is a dry mouth. <laughs> like really? Probably the first one. Yeah. So first one is dry mouth. Technically, first one is like drowsiness, but that's but most of the time they are using it to help them sleep. Like if they're using THC, very 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 few patients, depending on age, do find that CBD makes them a bit sleepy. So you know that happens. That's too bad. Dry mouth. Again, with our more elderly population, we do get dizzy. It's easy for them to become dizzy on even CBD. Those are pretty much... Oh, and another one is upset stomach if they use it orally. So mm-hmm. that usually either they get literally just get over it. Like it's they're fine. They keep using it and they're okay. They have it with food that helps. Or we switch the oil to some that's something that's based in something else. Because most cannabis oils are based in MCT, which is actually a very healthy oil. So they switch to something else like avocado or make their own olive oil. Right. Wow. That's really interesting too. Okay. That's good to know. And the other question that I I always get is, you know, is it okay for me to have cannabis in the house when I have children? Yeah. Like it's definitely okay to have in the house if you have children, especially if you have a prescription. But obviously like every parent is responsible. Unfortunately, it is your responsibility to treat it like alcohol in the house, Mm -hmm. right? When you have kids. So you want to keep it locked away. You want to keep it out of their hands. You know, all containers and all packages per Health Canada regulations are childproof. So even if they get their hands on it, assuming how young they are, they shouldn't be able to get into it. However, yeah, we it is treated like you would any kind of substance or alcohol to keep it away. You also want to keep it away from direct sunlight don't need to keep it in the fridge <laughs> just room temperature away from direct sunlight will do our patients with with children usually just lock it away yeah uh, what about cats and dogs you should so you definitely should even if you have cats and dogs so there's two <laughs> sides of the debate so there are people who've just given cannabis to their pets before and apparently it works well i have to you have to be careful with that because there are pets who do respond quite negatively to to cannabis so you have to be super careful and, and we can't advise you on that. It's best to talk to a veterinarian. So my advice is to keep it away if you weren't planning on giving it to your pet to just keep it, you know, high off the ground, keep it away locked as you would if you with alcohol yeah. <laughs> I hate to compare it to that. But you got to treat it kind of the same way. I, However, I do know people who there's studies to show like they use like CBD in they give CBD to their pets and it helps with their aches and pains. I don't know the research behind it because I genuinely just have never looked it up. That's not something we, we think of, but definitely something to talk to a veterinarian about because it's it's iffy. It goes one way or the other, depending on what it is. Oh, amazing. The other thing I wanted to talk about just briefly is sleep because yes. a lot of people who are going through menopause oh my have gosh, yes. sleep issues. Yes. Hot flashes and sleep are the two. Actually, libido comes third usually with, with complaints, but sleep and hot flashes are a big thing and sometimes they're tied. So. THC and a little bit of CBD always helps tremendously with sleep. That's like the one thing that I can almost guarantee cannabis is going to help you with. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm confident about is using cannabis for sleep. And the best part is like if you find the right dose, most of the times you don't get that daytime grogginess, which is helpful. And it's just there's no like harmful side effects. Cannabis itself on its own 
isn't physiologically addicting. So great option for that. So that's easy. Now, hot flashes, night sweats usually are tied into that difficulty with sleep. So again, that minimal amount of THC helps a lot. Two to five milligrams apparently should be enough to help with the night sweats that kind of accompany that. And the other thing too with menopause, if you're trying to handle like any kind of symptoms throughout the daytime, it's recommended, you know, that you microdose versus taking like one giant dose in the morning or smoking up a lot of THC. You kind of have want to have that mix, keep it minimal microdose throughout the day. So yeah, microdosing has been all of a sudden, it's just like everywhere now. Microdosing, microdosing, microdosing. Everything almost just like microdose. Yeah. Yeah, Just kind of maintain that that level. But Yes. Patients going through menopause that we have for sure, like it helps a lot with their sleep. Yeah. Those, those are the main, the main Ooh. complaints that I hear. And, and like for me, I mean, I never experienced the hot flash, but I have a wow. friend who literally, I know I, somehow <laughs> miraculally. Still they, think about it. I, I, I yeah. you know, she Great. literally <laughs> has to, to change the sheets. My goodness. Because she has, she has like just you know, Just it's like she jumped in bad, uh, you know, and my, you know, it's interesting. My mother had had hot flashes where it could have been a blizzard outside and she was standing outside sweating. And yeah. I'm like, oh wow. And I've been expecting them, but it's been two years. And I figured if I haven't had a hot flash now, am I really going to have a hot flash? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. It kind of kind of pops up or it doesn't. Yeah. So that's that- really good. Well, well, I don't know if you're mean? over the hump yet, but like I just I was just saying, like, don't even think about it. I won't now. Just put it out of your head. Yeah. Like that's mentality is key. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So if people want to book an appointment at Mm -hmm. the Apollo Clinic, what is the process that they need to do? How do we get in touch with you? So there's several ways like you can, you know, for those who, you know, don't want to talk to a person, which is all of us, sometimes you can do it (laughs) online. And we have a lot of great blog posts on our website as well. So if you want to just get familiar with us first, check out the website, you can request, you can submit on an online submission to be, unfortunately, we do have to call and confirm who you are. And we can call you and book you in for appointment. You can call us directly. I'm pretty sure if you press one, that's the booking line. You can send us an email and say, I want an appointment. Somebody will call you. So several different ways to make an appointment with us. And we'll we'll figure out kind of where to put you and who to book you with and all that fun stuff. That is amazing. Thank you so much for a take. I know how busy you are. No, and, it's okay. and I hope I can talk to you again because I yes. really want to talk to you about your work with the vet, the vets. And sure. The, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's a whole other episode. It because really is. Um, yeah. uh, as soon as Plus I read that, hearts. I'm like, oh, I gotta yeah. talk to her about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I hope I hope to interview have you on here yes, again because that please. was it's been it's you been such contact. amazing amazing time. I would love to talk to you again. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Amazing. Hopefully I provided some information. (laughs) uh, It was awesome. Are you kidding? The fact that you just reinforced the ability for somebody to feel confident walking in going, hey, it hurts when he, it it hurts when I have sex. Okay. Yeah. Just Uh, help me. And and just giving someone the confidence that they can go to your clinic and know that they're not going to be shamed or judged or like no, any no. of that. That is to me the the best news of all. Yeah. Okay? Honestly, you definitely won't be judged. I think if anything, like our educators might get nervous. If anything, they like you're on the confidence side and they might be like, Hey, I really don't want to F this up. Like I want to make this person <laughs> feel I've had that before when we used to train educators and they'd be like, Hey, like, 
you know, Kim, I have this person asking and I want to make sure I'm giving them the right information. Like it's never about, and it's not that we train them in this way, like genuinely, like we just want to help. And if it's something like that and we don't know, like we're just concerned that we're not going to be as helpful and has nothing to do with judging because yay down with shame (laughs) i want everyone to have like a better intimate life right it's really (laughs) important okay well we'll talk to you again soon thanks so much bye thanks for having me thank you for listening to love sass and grass should you wish to contact me or to make a comment on any of the topics covered i can be found on instagram love sass and grass or laurahamilton.cancan for one-on-one group or semi-private consultation and educational classes please contact me on my website midlifeherbalwisdom.com thank you for listening